Uh, there was a bit extra printed in your bulletin today for the gospel. That's actually uh, what is to come next week, the part that I did not read today. So if you want to get a little sneak peek, feel free to, uh, to read ahead. There's nothing wrong with uh, reading your scriptures, of course. Um, but today, uh, the part that I want to focus on is what was sort of meant to be in the lectionary. And this is about um, the answering of prayer, God's listening to us as we pray. And since we were little children, we were taught to pray and ask God for help, to give God thanks for things. I, I like to tell our preschoolers in chapel this because it's, it's something that needs to be instilled early on, I think. And oftentimes we think of God as just this uh, sort of a genie or a cosmic ATM who's just there to grant our wishes and give us what we want. And when we don't get what we want, we get a little upset. I remember as a young child praying very hard because, of course, I was taught that God answers prayers. And so I really wanted a specific toy. This was in the time when, um, when Star Wars was first out. And I really wanted the Millennium Falcon, that big plastic spaceship that Han Solo flies around in with Chewbacca and it was, it was a big toy, and my friend Matt had it, and I was very jealous of that. Um, and I prayed, and I prayed that I would get this toy, and it never really came. And so I was very disappointed. Now, that's not to say that I was deprived of toys or fun things as a child, but that particular one never really materialized. And I was really dejected, because in my childish mind, I just thought that God was there to do what I wanted him to do and to give me what I wanted to receive. Now, God always answers our prayers. God does not always answer our prayers on our timeline, however, and does not always answer our prayers in the way we think he should. Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is not yet. I have something else in mind for you right now. And so Jesus uses this parable of the unjust judge to to underscore that point where there's a judge who he doesn't give a care about anything, not God, not human beings, nothing. He just cares about himself. And there's this widow who won't quit bothering him. She comes to him day after day after day, and he tried to ignore her at first, but finally, in order to just get rid of her and shut her up, he gives her what she wants. How much more, Jesus says, does God care for you than this unjust judge who just gave the woman what she wanted to get rid of her. And how long will God delay in helping his chosen? How long will he cease to give justice to those who cry to him day and night? And yet, Jesus asks, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? In other words, will he find people, will he find his children, who have been praying to him, who have been crying out for their justice, for their health, for their salvation, will he find them with faith? Now, we see an example of that, though, in our reading from Genesis, don't we, in which Jacob wrestles with the angel. Uh, In the the translation we have, he's just called a man, but tradition holds that this is an angel with whom Jacob wrestled. He wrestled all night long, to the point where the sun was about to come up and the angel says to him, you must stop for the sun is about to come up. And Jacob says, I will not stop until you bless me. 
And so at last, Jacob is given his blessing, but the angel, the man, strikes him on the hip, and his uh, hip is put out of joint. And so at the end of the, the reading that we had, the end of the lesson, Jacob receives his blessing, but he walks away with a limp because of his hip. He was literally touched by God and changed. And so that's something that as disciples we have to be prepared for. When we pray and we ask God for something, it might come to us. Remember the old saying, be careful what you wish for because it just might happen? When we pray to God, we will get an answer to our prayers, but it might be something that we're not expecting. It might leave us forever changed. Changed always when God touches us for the good, but changed in a way that we don't expect and maybe we don't even welcome because we think that we know everything that we need to know about our lives and the direction we need to go, and I am uh, as much uh, guilty of this as anybody. And I have to say to you, as a preacher, it's sometimes difficult when I, when I preach about these miracles and these stories of, of healing that Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus accomplished in his lifetime. For example, a few weeks ago, I was uh, celebrating the Eucharist over at Valley View Nursing Facility, which is located in Goshen. And the priests of our deanery take turns going to this facility on Friday, Friday mornings, to uh, celebrate Eucharist with the, the residents. And it's really one of our best attended, all of us say it's one of our best attended services. We get about 70 people on a Friday morning who come to receive the Holy Eucharist and to hear a short sermon and to sing a couple hymns. We generally sing about the same three hymns every single time. But, uh, but it's, it's a, a challenge to talk about God's power and God's grace. For example, in this particular instance that I'm thinking of, the gospel was the story of the woman who was stooped over for 18 years, and she couldn't walk very well, and she, her life was very negatively affected by this, and how Jesus healed her, and she stood upright and was able to walk. Now, it's one thing for me to preach this to you all here in the church. It's another thing to look out to a room full of people who are confined to wheelchairs, and tell them about this story of Jesus' healing power. And where do, where do I find the good news in it to tell them? Because probably, uh, in all likelihood, they will spend the rest of their lives in that facility, um, going between their wheelchairs and their beds. And they have, uh, it's a lovely place, and they have a very attentive staff, and they're, you know, people are treated as, with as much respect as they can be but it's still uh, sort of the end of the line for them. But what do we have to look to? We have to look to the healing power of Jesus, not just the curing power, but the healing which heals our souls continuously throughout our lives, whether we are children, whether we are in the middle of our life, or whether we are towards the end of our life here on this earth. Jesus is always at work in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls, if only we will welcome him. And so, following the, the faith of Jacob and the persistence of the, of the widow and the un, to the unjust judge, let us view our own faith through that lens, through that own, our own lens of, of persistence and faith and a long view, because, sure, we need things 
here and now in the moment uh, to, to live and to have life and to have it abundantly, which is what God wants for us. But we sometimes have to take that long view, that long view of healing unto life eternal, which is one of the lines from one of my favorite priestly prayers at the Eucharist. May this sacrament bring us through Christ's healing power to life eternal. So that's what we look for, and that's what we pray for, and that's, what, that's where our faith leads us, always to keep our eyes on the cross of Jesus Christ, that cross that Jesus, in his own suffering and in his own earthly pilgrimage, turned from an instrument of shame and torture into the symbol of resurrection and salvation and eternal life. So let us not, be, uh, let us not lose heart, as the disciples did, and remember the parable of Jesus and the widow and the unjust judge and the faith of Jacob. And let those be to us lessons and a source of strength in our own journey. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.